Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hill going to come back to the near side. Pick six. Let's see that come out of the way. Jack Jones. Make it to Hunter. Lofted towards the end zone. Oh, what a grab. Calvin Turner. Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View coming at you with an off-season episode. Dare I call it the National Signing Day episode because National Signing Day is today. Yeah, it's, you know, crazy how it sneaks up on you. And it's weird how, I guess, the second National Signing Day kind of just... It's anticlimactic, you know, because the first signing day, I forget, it's the second, third week of January. Yeah, it already er- happened. early national signing yeah, day. Yeah, the, the big signing day already happened. So, you know, not a lot of big fish were left. There were some big moves today. I'm sure we'll hit on that later. But, yeah, it's a big day. And uh, dare I say some program-altering moves happened today. Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, it's weird. They call the other one early national signing day. And then this one, national signing day. They should just call it the early one National Signing Day and then this one Late Signing Day. Yeah. So. What's even more confusing is when I see NIL, Name, Image, and Likeness, and NLI, National Letter yeah. of Intent. I mean, these are two acronyms that are just befuddling me, as you would say, Butch. Yes, thank you. That's my favorite word, as as the viewers should know. Um, let's uh, let's talk about some surprises we had from the last week. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Daddy? <laughs> I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. So it'll kind of be the recurring theme this episode is, you know, National Signing Day, but it doesn't have to necessarily be tied to National Signing Day. It could be something else you saw, but what what surprised you from this last week? There were a few things that kind of popped up for me. First and foremost, Sam Heward, the fall from grace has been real. I mean, he went from a five-star quarterback one of the most hyped prospects in his quarterback class at Washington. I don't know if, he, if I already said he went to Washington. But uh, he transferred to Cal Poly, who Hilarious. is one of the worst teams in the big sky. So not only did he go FCS, he went to a bad FCS team. So I'm sure he's going to start. But when you look at who Sam Heward was ranked ahead of in that 2021 class, J.J. McCarthy... Drake May, Jackson Dart, Shador Sanders, Braden Shager. The list goes on. Shags! <laughs> Shags. And based on what we've seen, can you really say that Sam Heward is better than Braden Shager? 
No, I mean, I, in I'd all take reality, Shager bomb any day. I think so. <laughs> I, I mean, another guy that I feel like could fall into that same tier is uh, Ty Thompson in Oregon right now because it looks like it's going to be another year of him. What did he transfer? I can't quite no, remember. No, he's still at Oregon. Okay, so it's going to be another year of him riding the pine. And you see this often with the five stars. You can almost kind of tell the mood starts to set in where you're like, is this guy really good? As the years go on and they continue to fail to win a starting job, and it happened with Heward. Dylan Morris beat him out for the job. Right. And then the thing with Thompson is Oregon just landed Austin Novosad, who's a four-star quarterback. So it wouldn't – hey, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ty Thompson transfer here in the near future. Yeah, star ratings mean something, but they don't mean everything. Cole, what surprised you? I was just impressed with Deion Sanders and what he does in terms of recruiting guys. I mean, he did it again this year. He got the number one corner in the class, Cormani McLean, pulled him from Miami – he did the same thing last year when he got Travis Hunter to go to FCS Jackson State. I just think it's very important for this conference going forward, having Colorado, if they can become a powerhouse and attract these guys, they'll be all right without USC and UCLA. Yeah, Colorado having uh, McLean and, and Travis Hunter at cornerback is going to be pretty filthy. That's going to be one of the filthiest cornerback duos we, we've seen in quite some time, it feels like. Um, Nichols? Is it Nichols or Nichols Harbor? I just, I think it's Nicholas. I'm not sure. It's Nicholas? That's Nichols? Nichols? I this don't is know. a future spelling game yeah, candidate I'm not even for sure. Pretend to know. Colt, you want to give it give it a crack? Uh, what's the spelling? Do you have the. I, I, I don't I'm not going to tell down. you the spelling. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with Nicholas. Okay. Nicholas Harbor. Nah, but, okay. Nah, N Y C. That's actually correct so far. H? No. Okay. Oh. Yep. O L A S. You were close. It was E-S. But, yeah, N-Y-C-K-O-L-E-S. Anyways, Nicholas Harbor. Uh, Harbor, <laughs> hey, shout out. Uh, anyways, uh, he's an athlete, the number Pearl? one athlete in the country. Yep, shout out Pearl. Um, number one athlete in the country, commits to South Carolina over Oregon. And he's a guy, 6'5", 225. He has uh, Olympics uh, aspirations, as was announced on, on the stream we were watching today. And so people really thought Oregon was going to pull him through. So it surprised me that he went to South Carolina. Beamer ball. Yeah. He's, Shane Beamer is one of the rising stars in this game. I think he's going he's gonna to have a very nice career uh, at South Carolina. Yep. All right. And then uh, let's, you know, let's jump into some Wheaties. Because uh, even though there was, no, there was no football that was played, we can still talk about Wheaties. Better get your whole grain. I bet he my Wheaties. Now, to our viewers that are confused, they're going to say, wait a minute, there was no football played. How, how could somebody have been eating their Wheaties? Well, guess what? We still eat every day, and nobody <laughs> ever talks about it. So uh, <laughs> what was the best meal you had this week? We'll start with Cole. Cole, what, what were you eating? So I made a chicken stir fry. It's healthy, tastes good, tastes like home. Okay, it's grilled chicken with some stir-fried veggies. You gotta throw in the oyster sauce, brown sugar, shoyu, soy sauce, uh, garlic, chili oil. When you put all this stuff together, it tastes like the islands. What percent of your seasonings would you say belong to Corey? Um, I'd say about 20% of the stuff I use from our uh, roommate. But he won't know that, right? Unless he's listening no, to this show. No, he won't know. He he. When we first got to the apartment, the entire spices cabinet was full from just his spices so we we use them frequently because yeah. why not community spices community spices yeah it's this one's tough for me i've been eating at home a lot as well uh you know trying to trying to save money eat healthy all that sort of thing i will say this um pokey is very hard to find in arizona good pokey 
Okay. You know, I've been trying Ahi Pokey out. It's not the best thing, but it's serviceable. It works. Um, I had uh, the three scoop spicy salmon poke bowl. You get a little seaweed salad. You get some avocado in there with the rice. It's good. I love pokey. That's my meal of the week. Hayden's wow. a Hawaiian. Yeah, I was gonna Damn. say honorary <laughs> Hawaiian just from that. Um, I made some. I tried my hand at some some meatball subs this week. I I made the meatballs from scratch. It, it, the recipe said to just throw some frozen meatballs in there. I said no. I went and bought me some meat. Bought me some breadcrumbs. Used all of Corey's spices. Threw it together. It was pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. I can't confirm it was uh, good. <laughs> yeah, I gave I gave Colt few because I did a recipe that made five subs. So I was like, I'm not just gonna eat these all like a, a fatty, but. Um, delicious. <laughs> it was absolutely delicious. A five out of five. Highly recommend uh, trying your hand at that. It was a very simple recipe, too. I made it the next day as well because, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, <laughs> I, di- I didn't put this in the chat, but uh, Fruit Loops, the worst thing you ate this week off the top of your head? Oof. I can start. I have to think about I, that. I can start what you guys think. Um, I often get lunch for free uh, from my work at the convention center. And at work this week... They rolled out this, like, disgusting – it was supposed to be, like, a fettuccine chicken pasta, but the fettuccine was – not the fettuccine. The, uh, the Alfredo was, like, way too, like, watery and high in the pan, so you could, like, Ugh. not even find the noodles. And the ladle didn't even have holes in it, so you were just grabbing all this liquid shit and plopping it on – or crap <laughs> and, and plopping it on. You know, like, whatever. What are they going to do? I don't even go to school here. Um, they were great. <laughs> You just throw all that liquid stuff on your plate, and the chicken was all rubbery and gross, and uh, it just was not a pleasant experience for me. And then they also served a side of salad, which was expired, apparently. So Expired salad? Yeah. Wow. That's wow. how they treat us. This is your work that's giving you this food? Yeah, but, you know, I make good tips, so it cancels yeah, out. Yeah, there you go. I can't, honestly, I have no idea. I don't think I've had anything bad this week, although I did go to a Suns game, and it's been a while since I've been. Canned water. Just not a fan of it. Yeah, and what is that? It's so overpriced, Wait, too. water? There's yeah. also, they have boxed water in Portland. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not crazy about it. So I'm going to go with the canned water at the Footprint Center. I, I get it's sustainable, but it's it's unnatural. I don't like it. I uh, went to an event for work yesterday at Grand Canyon U- University. It was like a teacher's conference. I don't know if it was Grand Canyon responsible for this, but they had a whole <laughs> bunch of sandwiches laid out. The roast beef and cheddar wasn't too good. Just didn't taste like, nah. I did get two of them because I was starving, but it was just because I had to eat. It wasn't because like it was good or anything. Yeah, well, you know, it. We should have led with the the bad stuff, so we could have finished <laughs> with the good stuff. But on that note, we're just gonna have to go into the big picture. Be brave, guys. We can we can make it through this together. I don't think we're together. gonna make it. Um, <laughs> let's talk about recruiting because that is the big thing. Uh, National Signing Day just happened, and uh, I mean. Top 10. This is the top 10, and it's believed to be pretty much finalized as a lot of the names come through. Number one, Alabama. Okay. Number two, Georgia. Number three, Texas. Number four, Oklahoma. Five, Ohio State. Six, LSU. Seven, Miami. Eight, Oregon. Nine, Tennessee. Ten, Notre Dame. So right off the bat, looking at that top 10, what stands out? Very impressive that Alabama was able to finish number one, considering the fact that you know, you have this budding dynasty at Georgia that exists. And I believe they were without at least their offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. They still haven't filled that position, have they? they? I don't think they have an offensive or defensive coordinator currently. Unbelievable. So hands down, Alabama. Of course it's Alabama. It's Nick Saban. But the fact that they were able to 
out recruit Georgia in their prime with no coordinators is incredible. Those 10 teams you mentioned, nine out of those 10 have been pretty relevant outside of Miami. Like, yeah, you get what are another they doing? good recruiting class, and what are you going to show for it? A six and six season? It's Super Mario. Six, Super Mario. Mario yeah. Cristobal. It's what he does. It Do feels, something cool. Yeah, it feels like. Miami is the last of those kind of like blue blood programs to they, they just haven't been able to turn it around like Texas they've had some you know legitimate momentum on the field correct almost beating Alabama I think Texas next year is going to be really good you know Oregon's been great Tennessee turned it around you know Notre Dame is still good uh, LSU last year they're they're back Miami just hasn't really done anything and did they even go to a bowl game last year I don't I don't remember. No, they went five and yeah, seven. Yeah, five and seven. Just they're just kind of toiling right now, and I don't know if Mario Cristobal. I mean, I'm sure they'll obviously go to a bowl game next year, but you know how how much better are they going to do than Mario Cristobal? And I'm just not confident in Miami to turn it around and get back to where they were at in the in the late '90s. If you have a top ten recruiting class, the goal should not be bowl game. It should yeah. be competing for a conference title. Exactly. At least, especially in the ACC. You look at that division. You say, how does Duke? And Mike Elko in his first year, how does he get to nine wins when we're over here in Miami losing to Middle Tennessee State? I What I will say is Cristobal, he's kind of built this reputation for himself of being an elite recruiter and not being able to perform on the field. At Oregon, he was able to still get some decent seasons. He might have even won a New Year's Six Bowl, like a Rose Bowl or something there. I can't quite remember, but I think he's capable of doing that for Miami. I think next year it wouldn't surprise me if they popped off an eight or nine win season, especially with the talent there. But... At the, same, at the same time, the ceiling is very high for this team, and so it's disappointing to see them flop like that. Yep. The other thing that stands out to me, I mean, you talk about the two programs going to the SEC and people saying, are they ready? Are they ready? Eh, looks, looks like they're pretty ready. Three and four o- Texas, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, after a six-win season, still raking in those numbers. Like, that's impressive. Yeah, well, they're always going to be able to get whatever quarterback they want. They are QBU. Mm. They've established that, you know, they're the really regardless of who is coaching there, they're going to just churn out NFL quarterbacks. So they're going to have their pick of the litter just about every cycle. So that's a given. And, you know, they, I'm looking at this class. Three of the top four guys are defensive players, which is really impressive for Oklahoma. Yeah. And you look after that. Offensive tackle, defensive line, cornerback. They're not loading up on just wide receivers and running backs. I mean, they're really building out through the trenches and then, you know, getting some good guys for their secondary, which is going to be really important in the SEC. The talk last year was Texas A&M and this Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban beef. I don't even think A&M's in the top 10, right, in recruiting? They're like around 15th. Yeah, they're... they're So they've kind of fallen off, kind of like how their program is kind of in the wrong direction right now. Mm -hmm. What I would say is I think the the reason Texas A&M, they're currently 15th, yes. Um, 11 through 15 is Clemson, USC, Penn State, Florida, Texas A&M, in case you're wondering. But with Texas A&M, they had the number one recruiting class of all time. But if you go back and look at the actual makeup of their class, it was like seven defensive ends, like eight wide receivers, like just dumb, inflated, fluffy class where it's like, yeah, they got 25 stars. So it's a great class, but it's like, how many of those 20 are going to fill a gap, a place of need? And it's right. like four. And then you just got 16 disgruntled five stars leading to a five and seven culture at Texas. So, 
that's what the word on the street is with what happened there, at least. Um, other notables, uh, teams that aren't in the uh, normal spot, and you guys can certainly add on to this list, but she, these are just the ones that stood out to me. Uh, 19th TCU. Yeah. Operating well above where Not they too shabby. It just shows how one elite season can, what it can do for the long-term outlook of your program. Yeah, well, the, the, go ahead, Cole. Or Cincinnati. Um, I didn't. Peak. Dude, they're way. They're. I look. I think they're in the seventies. Ooh, they're that's way down good. there. That's not good. Yeah, Central Florida, forty ninth. They're also going to the Ooh. Big Twelve. Seventy eight. However, they did land. I know at least three Sun Devils in the in the transfer portal. They got Emory Jones, Carter Brown, which that one really hurts, mm-hmm. and DJ Taylor. I mean, love DJ Taylor, but uh, the fumbles on the punt returns. We're getting. We're getting just a little bit old. Yeah, he was a, he was a was he a preseason all conference returner? Yeah, yeah, he was uh, I want to say going into the 2021 season just cuz of the kick return he had against U of A. Um what's going on? I just want to see where Hawaii's at. Oh, no, we got to <laughs> we're in beer for a minute. Yeah, um, let's shout out Hawaii. Let's scroll maybe. Hey, okay, 114. Let's see who the crown jewel of the Hawaii recruiting class is. The okay, the crown they, jewel. Okay, I thought that said 67 nationally. Okay. They got they got the number 67 junior college player in the country, Justin Sinclair, a safety out of College of San Mateo. And Shout out uh, Damata Pecco Jr. He is related to Kyle Pecco Jr. Not sure what the relation is, but Kyle Pecco was an all-conference player at Oregon State, and he actually got drafted in the NFL as a defensive tackle. And now he's wow. headed to the Bose. All right. So then. Hawaii today signed Damaka Damata. You said Budge. Domata Pecco? Pecco Jr. Okay, yes. that's a that's a spelling game potentially, and then three other DBs. So you asked me last night, like, what do you trust more, Cole, the the Hawaii offense or the Hawaii defense? And I said offense, but when I actually looked at the numbers here, we were one twenty fourth out of one hundred and thirty one teams in terms of points per game allowed. So that was a uh, thirty four point seven points per game. Our offense only scored nineteen point eight. That was one fifteen out of one thirty one. Yikes. So. Basically, the team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Optimism, though. But we yeah. signed 29 players in this national letter of intent time, so hopefully these guys are pretty good. What? Uh, where's that? That is the guy from Australia. Okay. That's never played football before. Eddie Osei oh, Nikita. Cole was happy, excited yeah. about Who is guy. the fastest 300-meter sprinter in New Zealand. And he holds the record. six five two ten. Never played wow. a down of football in his life. That could be. That could be something but right there. But he's quick. Yeah. That could be a gem. Can he catch the football, though? No idea. <laughs> we'll find out. He can we'll catch the out. baton. That's not quite the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's handy. running back. There we okay, go. Okay. Um, other notables, uh, Utah, 21, outperforming. They're usually in the 40s. Good yeah, this them. was their best recruiting class in program history. Kyle Whittingham said it himself, so... Yeah, Utah, they're not going anywhere, even though they had a, I think it's safe to say, they had a slightly down season relative to kind of their expectations. I mean, come on, they won the Pac-12 title. I mean, yeah, but people were saying, you know, playoffs, at bare minimum, a Rose Bowl championship. But hey, I mean, Whittingham is, is building a juggernaut there, and I don't think it matters how much longer he's there. Whoever takes over after him is going to have the keys to a Corvette. So yeah, Utah's completely just elevated their program and what Whittingham has done since joining the Pac-12 is is incredible. I remember us talking about Whittingham potentially retiring or yep. like just ending it here with Utah at the beginning of the previous season. Yeah. When they started out like 1 and 3. 
Yeah. And now look yeah. where we are. I remember you said their season was shot. I said it was over. It was over, and yep. then they won the Pac-12 title. Um, I believe Morgan Scally is his name. He's the yep. defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He is the favorite to, what's, what's the word, secede just, him after he le- No, not secede. Just, just take over. Yeah, I don't yeah know. to yeah. take He's over. He's the incumbent guy. Yes, you know? the incumbent right yeah. now. All the Utah people, at least, believe in the sphere. Unless Urban Meyer comes out of retirement. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Um, and then at 30, we got Colorado. Yeah. How Which about is that? Kind of weird considering they have a five star and, and they're that low. It's just kind of strange to me. I mean, I feel like, well, I mean, I guess all these other schools are doing pretty well, but their average recruit ranking is really high it's like 80 it's almost 88 which is actually higher than some of the teams ahead of them yep. i just don't think they pulled in like the sheer numbers the you volume. know the quantity but they of got that players in the they got in the, so the composite exactly they might be uh it's not giving higher. them enough credit for what they really did let me opinion. see where they are in the portal composite they're 21 in the composite portal and recruiting class okay um it's about right yeah i'd say that's pretty good um any other teams that stood out to you guys I mean, I very impressed, biased of course, but with what ASU did, how they were able to close, um, considering just the complete mass oh, yeah. overhaul of we, the program. We haven't shouted out uh, ASU's big grab today. Yeah, Jaden Rashada, four-star quarterback. Obviously, he's kind of infamous for falling out of that. And I almost said NLI. Yeah. Well, both NLI yep. and NIL at Florida. And, you know, it just, he kind of fell right into Kenny Dillingham's lap here at ASU. And, and, you know, it's a great situation. His dad went here. He's got family out here. There you go. He's kind of always had his eye on ASU. So I think that could be a potential program changing move for ASU. And it's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, you look at the way Kenny Dillingham turned around Bo Nix this year. Whew. That's exciting. Yep. Tough schedule, though, for ASU this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Honestly, tough <laughs> we'll schedule for that. everyone in the Pac-12. Just, Fair. But, but, yeah, we do have a schedule in the Pac-12. We'll get into that later. Um, something I saw that's really cool, um, the ESPN transfer portal rankings, it only factors in what guys you're getting in the transfer portal. It doesn't factor in what you're losing. Hmm. I actually found On3 has their own transfer portal where they factor in both who's exiting and staying and i thought it was pretty interesting so lsu for example is number one in the espn one or 247 mm-hmm. but they're all the way down at what is it are they low are they this i think one? you passed I, them. Okay, I passed them i passed yeah. them where are they there they're, go, they're 19th go. in this one because they lost 17 transfers right wow. and so it's pretty it's pretty cool you've got your top i'll give you the top five ucla ole miss uh auburn usc wisconsin so okay Although number two is missing some. Lane Kiffin, baby. Yeah, he's just the portal for, whisperer. For some reason, Colorado is missing. They were there. They were huh. just there. I don't I don't know what happened. But anyway. Does it factor in? Is it just the sheer number of players or is it it's, like it's the skill? The it's quality actually, of quality. And well? I think they actually factor okay. in position need as well. So it, oh, wow. it's actually UCLA, Colorado, Ole Miss is the top three. Um I just thought that was interesting. Very interesting. I'm curious to see point. where ASU would be, considering ASU had the most I believe they signed more players out of the portal than anybody in the country. Obviously, ASU lost a ton of guys. but Looks consistent. So the, the breakdown here is 25 transfers in, 20 oh. transfers out. They've got the average rating, 69.75 in, nice. 65.94 out. 
Um, lost a four star, but gained a four star. Brought in twenty one three stars. Lost what's the rank? Stars ranked eleventh nationally. Wow. So pretty good, big time. Pretty good and pretty reliable as far as uh, a tool. I there. saw Maryland pretty high up there. Tell me about that. Have a breakout yeah, season with Maryland these guys. Ninth. They brought in. They only brought in nine to compare to fifteen, but an average recruit rating of seventy eight point eight nine. So there you go. Not messing around with the guys coming into town. Um, but yeah, I recommend checking it out. It's yeah. on three transfer portal. They don't do the group of five weirdly though. That sucks. That's, that's <laughs> awful. Sucks. Yeah, it, it's a pretty big L. But um, who's one guy nationally that is coming in now that you think you should keep an eye on? Hmm. Well, I put Harbor down, not even going to pretend oh. to pronounce his first name. Yep. Uh, on a national level, I just think that's the kind of guy at South Carolina who, who could be the last piece to the puzzle, mm-hmm. right? Wherever you put him, he's an athlete, so you can – I mean, is he an offense, defense guy? I, sh- I should have researched. He can, but... he can run fast. That's right. what I know. Okay, need. so, you know, let's figure he's a running back. You know, he's that elite guy you need to push you over the top because we know South Carolina, they're a really good above-average team. But I think they can they can do some things this year and might be looking at, like, a double-digit win season if things break their way. So I think he's going to be a program-changing guy. I've been saying that a lot. Someone who really elevates uh, the caliber of the program and uh, it's crazy to think that South Carolina, I was thinking this has to be one of the biggest recruits in South Carolina history. He's actually seventh. Wow. And Jadavion Clowney, who's number one, was like the highest recruit of all time in the history of recruiting. Bro was so, good. Bro was good. Yeah, like literally he had a perfect player rating, like not one flaw, which... Nope. Makes sense because he was I, a beast. The ones I remember being highly rated is you've got Quinn Ewers was insanely highly rated. Yeah. Um, Clowney was huge. Robert Kimdichie, you mm-hmm. remember him? Yes. From, from Ole Miss. He was also like Former insanely Cardinal. rated as well. Isn't Did he flame out of the league? Oh, he was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. So did Clowney, funny enough. Yeah. Yeah. He had a little bit better of a career. He was just kind of a journeyman. He didn't really yeah. latch on anywhere. He was... He was like just a replacement. He level. had a few Pro Bowl years, I think, though. I think so. Did he get early hurt or on. something? I don't know. I, he I don't part remember. of it was he just wasn't. Mo- he didn't like football that much. I think it's part oh, of really? it. Is he was just like, eh, this is all right. Like I, I could care less. <laughs> so you know, Arch yeah. Manning's pretty high too, right? Yeah, he's up there. I think Trevor Lawrence was another mm-hmm. one who was You're pretty, right. pretty big. Also, I remember that. Tom Brady retired today. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Rest in peace, Tom. Um, my guy is Nico Yamaleava. I love this guy. Like, he's not Hawaiian. He's he's a Samoan guy. Doesn't really have that many Hawaii connections. But every time I see this guy, he's got like this swagger. He, like, he seems really cool. And when you watch his film, it's like, okay, first of all, he can play volleyball really good. Okay, so okay. if it doesn't work out on the football field, Tennessee men's volleyball, <laughs> if you guys have a program, you guys are going to dominate because this guy's awesome. Um, but he can throw a nice deep ball. And I think with Josh Heupel, the competition with Joe Milton will be pretty fun going into this year. I'm a fan of this guy, and I think he's going to succeed. I'm going to tell you what, Colt. We need Nico Yamaliava. <laughs> we need him to eat a sandwich. Because okay. the guy is 6'5", 195. Like, he needs to eat a really big sandwich. He yeah. he is a skinny, skinny man. So that's that's my one piece of input. I do think he'll be good. Uh, Jaden Downs is pretty skinny, though, right? Yeah, that's, that's that was a huge concern for people coming out of high school. But I think he did all right. I agree. I agree. They'll feed He's him. running around the SEC right now. Yeah. It's Tennessee. They have food. 
Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> does Talia have a breakout year? Of course. I mean, you just got the number nine ranked incoming and outgoing guy, outgoing players, of course. Now he has the support. That was a question from Rally, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. I actually saw Talia play in person. And what, what were your thoughts? He's one of those guys. He kind of oh, reminds boy. me of Delora, right? He's going to make the really flashy play that's like, you know, ESPN, Sports Center top 10. But then he'll just make the most mind-numbing mistake where he, you know, clearly <laughs> throws the ball to a defender. And it's just, just he made some some bad decisions in that game. But overall, I think the, the tools are there. And uh, I think if you put the right pieces around him. That was, it was Maryland-NC State, right? Yeah. It was a road game. Who it was came a true on, road out on top of that one? Maryland. Maryland. Yeah, it was a pretty big upset. So, but yeah, I think I think he'll improve next year. It's a funny analysis because that's exactly what Delora does too. Is like he'll beat the bad teams and then always gets exposed versus very good defenses. He's just out there <laughs> improvising. Um, I kind of cheated a little bit with mine. I picked a guy from 2024, but it's just because I learned some lore about him and it's actually hilarious. Um, his name is Julian Sayan. And they're calling him Super Saiyan. There you go. He's oh, wow. a five-star quarterback, probably the top of the class, from Carlsbad, California. And he's committed to Alabama already. Um, a clip went viral of there was this Miami recruiter. And he was talking about their program. And he was like, this isn't Tuscaloosa where stuff only happens on Fridays and Saturdays. Like, we actually have a nightlife around here or whatever. <laughs> and uh, Julian Saiyan was in the background of that video. And he went... Like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. I'd rather win on Saturdays, you know? Yeah. So that's my shout-out nationally. Side note, did you guys hear about the recruit who had the audacity to, like, Nick Sab- ask Nick Saban for, like, a $3 million deal and to get his girlfriend into law so school? that was their offensive lineman. He's, he left the team. It was really. It was like super obvious. They didn't name drop him, but there's one starter from Alabama that transferred out, an wow. offensive lineman. And they've pretty much all but confirmed it's him. And then there was the other guy that asked for 800000 just up front. And that was Cormani McLean. Really? Yep, Cormani McLean. Wow. But it's all, you know. That guy was looking out for his for his girlfriend. <laughs> Loyal. Yeah, he said, get my put my girlfriend through law school. It's like, eh, I don't know if that's legal. All right, what's <laughs> one guy in the Pac-12 that you got to keep an eye on? I mean, come on. Jaden Rashada. Jaden Rashada has a chance to... Take the job day one next year. Another guy's Dante Moore. I figured one of you guys were going to shout him out. Maybe. Okay, no. Give him a shout out. All right, Dante Moore. I I think Dante Moore and (laughs) Jaden Rashada (laughs) are two guys who have a chance to start immediately next year. Moore is the highest rated quarterback. And actually, he's the number one player in the Pac-12 in this recruiting class. So that's a big get for the Bruins. I think he's easily going to start day one. Rashada, a little bit tougher competition. He is going to have to beat out Borgay and Pine, but I think he's going to, if he you know gets the chance to start, he's going to have a really good wide receiver group and, and a solid offensive line. So I think he's a guy who is, is going to have some, have some good years at ASU and uh, potentially be much better than Jaden Daniels ever was. My guy is Zachariah Branch. He's a wide receiver headed to USC. He's from powerhouse Bishop Gorman in Vegas. I never heard of this guy until this morning when we were watching the recruiting stuff on 247. His comp is Tyreek Hill. And when you watch the film on this guy, he looks like Tyreek Hill. He's shifty like him. He runs like him like with his elbows like almost outward. And he can move. He's shifty. If you have another excellent wide receiver, you put him with Caleb Williams, already a Heisman Trophy winner. Look what he did with Addison. 
can you imagine this guy who probably might be faster than Addison? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be disgusting. Going to be absolutely disgusting. Uh, last guy, I just had to shout out an Oregon State guy, Kelsey Howard. He's an edge rusher from Spring Valley, Nevada. He committed way back in July to the Beebs, but this guy is an absolute animal. And you look at the pass rushers that Jonathan Smith has been able to develop in his time at Oregon State, and the guys coming back. We've got Andrew Chatfield Jr. coming back. We've got Simon Sandberg coming back, and now Kelsey Howard to the fold. I mean, Oregon State's pass rush, I feel like, is very underrated. But they do a fantastic job and are one of the reasons that Oregon State has boasted one of the better Pac-12 defenses in the last couple of years. Um, but also, Rashada coming? The Pac-12 quarterback play next year? Are you kidding me? It's awesome. Every team's going to have a great quarterback except for Stanford. They're going to have, like, Patu. Yeah, Ari Patu. At least Cal got Sam Jackson. That's exciting. <laughs> right. But Ari Patu. Where's Sam Jackson from? TCU. Backup? He's like Duggan. He's like the third stringer, but he was pretty highly touted, uh, highly recruited or highly touted coming out of high school. Yeah, he played in the in the Colorado game. He's like a really good dual threat kind of quarterback. I think he'll start day one for them. He could make some noise. That's awesome. Uh, Anyways, that is it with the recruiting stuff. Um, Coaching carousel news: Bama, no coordinators right now, and they stroll into Seattle, Washington. And Nick Saban says, Ryan Grubb, I will make you the coordinator at Alabama. And Ryan Grubb said, nah, I like Phoenix better. And so (laughs) he stays at Washington. Who does Alabama hire as offensive coordinator? I don't know. I'm going to hold that Cliff Kingsbury is not going to be the guy. I think Kingsbury is going to spend some time out of coaching. I don't even know who you go with at this point, to be honest. I mean, hell if I know, but in a world where <laughs> someone says no to Nick Saban, wow. Yeah. Like, that that didn't happen four years ago. Yeah, Nick Saban might just say, screw it, I'm going to do it myself. I already yeah. got the number one class, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, I, saw, I saw a report, nothing conclusive, a report that Jeff Levy, okay. Oklahoma's offensive coordinator, is considered a serious candidate. For Alabama, so just keep that in mind. A good move. You know, maybe or it, yeah, maybe, maybe. Who's USC's OC? It, is that uh, Jeff Levy? USC's off. Is it's not Lincoln Riley? No, I'm, he's not I'm, a play calling I, OC I or head coach. I don't um, know. I know they're DC see. is Grinch. Not sure about OC, well, they're, but their defense. Uh, it's Graham Harrell, right? Wait, no, I think he left. No, John Henson. No, that's it's South pro- Carolina. Just, it's just Lincoln. Southern. Wow, so Lincoln's. I think so. He's a man. Yeah, some teams just don't. Yeah, John John Henson is their offensive coordinator technically, but he's also the offensive line guy, which. Wait, no, that's. Oh, wait, this is USC. Okay, yeah. So, John, no one's ever heard of him because Riley's calling the shots. Right. Is pretty much what the. Got it. What the scoop is there. Uh, Riley Schmidt. Riley Schmidt, Riley. sorry. Says, how do y'all still have a show if y'all are graduated? Excellent question, Rally. We do not know. I am Moving not on. graduating <laughs> okay. yet. Yeah, we're still hanging on. We're still a third of the way there. It's my show, but uh, these guys are guests. Right? Exactly. exactly. That's what's going on. Um, early playoff smoke. There is a lot of movement. We finally, you know, recruiting is pretty much finalized. All the top guys that matter are committed. And so who are your early playoff teams? Let's start with the, let's start with the locks. Who, okay. who are the locks? Hmm. This is tough. It's still way too early for me, but Georgia, and number one, 
they've earned the right as back-to-back champs to kind of just, you know, pencil them in there. I think Ohio State, it'll be one of the the big game teams there, either Michigan or Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr. is coming back. Yep. One of the best wide receivers in the country. Ryan Day could be coaching for his job next year, despite the fact that he's 45-6 and six at Ohio State. That's crazy to me. But, hey, Ohio State had back-to-back losses to finish last season. One of those to Michigan. They've lost two straight to Michigan. That's unacceptable there. So I'm going to say Ryan Day coaching for his job gets in there. USC. I think this is this is the year where USC gets in. They do it. They do it. A Pac-12 team finally gets in before it potentially disintegrates. And that's that. Wow. And at number four, I'm just going to go with Alabama. I'm not really confident about that. It kind of feels like the door is cl- is finally closing on the Saban dynasty. There's kind of been a passing of the torch with Kirby Smart. And I'm not saying Nick Saban, you know, is it going to be successful or anything like that, but I kind of feel like their reign of dominance is is kind of over. Um, and a couple of sleepers, LSU is one, yep. and Washington is another one. I think if Washington, if USC isn't the team out of the pack, it's going to be the Huskies. Here's where I'm at. Ohio State, man, they've got some pretty tough games on that schedule. We've got Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Wisconsin, and then maybe Wisconsin one more time in the Big Ten Championship game. Guaranteed Wisconsin one more time. Give me that. Yeah, I'm really, yeah I love Wisconsin, too. They're lit. Um, but you know what? Let's put them in the playoff because I think they'll beat Penn State. I think they'll beat Notre Dame. I think they'll beat Michigan. There's no way they lose three years in a row, right? I think maybe they'll lose one to Wisconsin, but they'll get it back, so then they'll be in. I have them in at three right now. At one and two, I have Georgia. I think when you look at their schedule, they are the superior team, undoubtedly. The toughest test is going to come once again, the SEC championship game. Probably will win that, too. Two, I didn't really have this going into the season until you really look at their schedule as well. It's Clemson. It's just They're the better team in all of their games as well. And all the tough games are pretty much at home outside of that at South Carolina game. Hmm. So, got to put them in. And I got Oregon in at four. Um, maybe Wisconsin. Maybe Notre Dame. But what hurts Notre Dame is that they don't have that conference championship. True. True. That could And they have a brutal schedule. They have a brutal schedule right. this year. Notre Dame's schedule is another level. Georgia, got to be in. If they're not in your preseason playoff like pick, that you're a crazy person. In my opinion, um, I if you were to force me to put four in, right, I, I would go Georgia. I would go Clemson. Garrett Riley as offensive coordinator at Clemson, that is the best hire of the offseason. I still have yet to see one that I like more than that. Cade Klubnick, Will Shipley, elite defense. That equals a playoff run in my opinion. Yep. Alabama, I don't care who's at coordinator for them. I just, you can't, it's so hard to keep saving out of the playoffs twice. He was two plays away, one play away from being in the playoff this year. So, I just have to put them back in. And then me and Cole were looking back. One out of every three, maybe one out of every four years, the playoff is chalk. Four teams we've seen before, four regulars. But every other year, there's just one team that it's just like, whoa, hey, what are they doing in here? And so this year it was TCU. My team, Penn State. Why not? Penn State's only two losses were to playoff teams. They bring in Drew Aller who was a highly touted recruit. They sat him on the bench, had him listen, learn from Sean Clifford all of last season. He's not going to be rushed in. The lights won't be too bright. And he's going to have 
Nick Singleton, one of the most talented running backs in the country. They have a backup there that's really talented, too. We know they can ball with Manny Diaz in that defense. Penn State and Wisconsin are going to be two teams that, like I said, I'm going to annoy you guys to death with this year. I think that's fair, especially the Wisconsin thing. I, I, I think they're going to be lit. And also Texas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's America's team. Right. It's our team. It's got to be. The thing with Texas, though, I mean, damn, at Bama, you can already probably pencil that one in as a loss, and then you have to expect them to go undefeated in conference play and then win the Big 12 title game. That's a lot to ask it is a lot. to get into the playoff. Unless they beat Bama, then. Now we're talking. There we go. What about TCU? How are we feeling about them? Yeah, I just... I mean, Chandler Morris is going to be the guy at quarterback. We didn't see enough of him. Obviously, he played half a game last year. If that, I think he got injured in the first half. So it's going to be kind of a question mark at quarterback, and they're losing their best wide receiver. I I could see a good season next year, but they're not sniffing the playoffs. They reached their, their ceiling. They, they peaked already. So now Dang. it's kind of ah. like, eh. So that's got to be the vibes in the locker room. Yeah. I think they'll finish the season in the top 25, probably closer toward the bottom of that top 25. I don't think they're even sniffing a New Year's Six, to be honest. Wow. Okay. Uh, early Heisman buzz. Who are, who are some guys to keep an eye on? I'm going to go with the big three quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Bo Nix, wow. Michael Penix Jr., and Caleb Williams. Those three guys... I'm not saying are the front runners, but just guys to keep an eye on. Here's a hot take, bulletin board, call it what you will. I think the Pac-12 is the best quarterback conference in college football next year. I think without a doubt. Another guy, here's another Pac-12 guy who um, flew under the radar last year a little bit. I mean, he was the freshman offensive player of the year. If Damian Martinez is put in a position (laughs) with that offensive line, and it's a run-first offense... I think he's going to put up some freaking numbers next year. Potential Kenneth Walker oh, type whoa, season. Whoa, hold on. Hey, it could happen. You know, well, I mean, what could happen? He could win the Heisman. Oh my oh, God! There it is. He could. He could. <laughs> wow! Wow! That would that What's would be something. To that? Yeah. That, I didn't say front runner. He's just a guy I'm keeping my eye on. Okay. Okay. Wow. Did that... we see Kenneth Walker coming? To be fair, no. Did I... we see? I'm trying to think. Toby Gerhardt coming? I'll you know what it. I mean? Hey, I'll take it. I'm I'm happy to hear yeah. that. Cole, who are you keeping an eye on other than uh, the Hawaiians? The obvious Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, when I think Heisman, I think like okay, you have to do something cool to start out. You got to beat like a really tough team, and then you just got to win all these crazy games. And there's got to be some like story to it and wrap it up in a nice present. Sam Hartman has that schedule. I mean, he has. A Heisman-worthy schedule, a Heisman-worthy story with some Heisman-worthy moments with a really good-looking head coach. Kenneth Walker also transferred from Wake Forest during his Heisman years. Exactly. So if I'm going to pick a guy, it's Sam Hartman. I also like the story and narrative. I'm just going based off vibes and narratives and storylines here. Perfect. Quinn Ewers, number two. You got the Arch Manning buzz. Everyone's like, we love Arch. People are going to be like, we want Arch. Ewers is like, I'm the man. And I'm going to go ahead and beat Bama like week two, week three. I don't, yeah, I almost said that. <laughs> and then the third guy is Bo Nix. I think this guy, we have good Bo, as we saw last year. This guy's the man. He's definitely in my Heisman three. Yeah, you cannot forget about Drake May. You cannot forget True. about, oh, forgot you cannot about Drake forget May. about Caleb Williams. You cannot forget about like Nix, Phoenix. We've already touched on him. You can't forget about Blake Corum. 
Those guys are all coming back. True. Other players to keep True. an eye on. The aforementioned Drew Aller at Penn State. Don't forget his name. Nick Singleton, the aforementioned from Penn State. Yeah. Don't forget about him. Sam Hartman, Arch Manning, or Quinn Ewers. The amount of talent that Texas brought back and brought in at the skill positions, the weapons, A.D. Mitchell from Georgia. Oh, my goodness. That is going to be disgusting. And then, hey, keep an eye on Braylon Allen from yep. Wisconsin as well. No Jaden Daniels mentioned. So no one I don't know, man. I I thought he ran I thought he relied on his legs too heavily in a certain number of games. That's what he always And did I just ASU. feel like more of the SEC West teams will be able to put more of an emphasis on shutting down Jaden Daniels now that they've won that division. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see him having a repeat of that year, you know? Yeah. I just don't see it. Did any of us name a guy from either Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, or Bama? No. No. That's crazy. Ty Simpson from Alabama. There you go. I think Ty Simpson could win that job and, and give Heisman a run. But that's just unreal. I mean, Yeah. I, I forgot about Drake May because I watched what I saw in that Holiday Bowl, some of the throws he made, incredible. I think Drake May, whether it's uh, – was he a true freshman or was he a sophomore I, this he, past year? He was either a redshirt freshman okay. or Drake May. Well, he's going to be eligible in the next draft. Yeah, I think it's going to be him and Caleb Williams neck and neck, one and two. No, he, he was a freshman. He was a freshman. Okay. Unbelievable. Un- incredible. He was a true freshman. Yeah. I, I think Drake Mays is right there as well. In fact, I, I just don't know if North Carolina is going to have the kind of season that, that would be required for him to win the Heisman. I could see them being good, like 9-3, and 10-2, but in order to win the Heisman, I think you got to be at least New Year's Six. Personally, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He finished tenth in the Heisman voting last year, which, in my opinion, terrible. He should have been higher. Than yeah, uh, the Heisman was weird last year. I mean, the voting Hooker didn't weird. get invited. And... Was yeah, that was definitely well, Hooker was the Heisman for like eight weeks of that season. That is correct. Um, Colt, let's go to your corner where you're going to give us uh, some sports betting advice, right? Yeah. Just because it's not football season doesn't mean we can't we can't bet. We got Pac-12 hoops. Hey, there we go. Tomorrow, we're going to be at the game. Hayden, you going to the ASU versus Oregon State basketball game tomorrow night? I'm going to try and go. You should go. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up. And if you do go, you should hammer Oregon State plus 12.5 points. Whoa. ASU Whoa. is currently on a four-game losing streak. They had all the momentum in the world, and then they got sucked out when they lost to UCLA, and they haven't been able to rebound since. The last time these two teams played, it was only a five-point game that ASU won by. Oregon State's getting 12.5. Hell yeah. Get some money. It's free money, right? That's why these are locks. These aren't like yeah. just regular bets to lose money. What, what happened to the tennis game that you gave out? Um, she didn't end up winning the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> she, she ended up losing. Um, the, the second lock I have, okay, it's a prop bet that you can actually bet on FanDuel right now. It's when will LeBron James uh, score his 38,388th point, uh, his regular <laughs> season point. So that's... He would break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record for the most regular season points all time by an NBA player. And he is minus 120 to break that record, to score that point versus the Milwaukee Bucks next week Thursday. He needs 89 points to break this record. He's been scoring about 30 points per game. He does have games against the Pacers, Pelicans, Thunder, before they play the Bucks. Okay. Interesting. So it's gonna be very tight right now on whether or not he does it against the Thunder 
or against the Bucks. But when you think about narrative, right, it's like, okay, when does he do it? Next week, Thursday, nationally televised, NBA on TNT, a lot of media coverage. Also, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the guy he's trying to beat out, used to play for the Bucks and the Lakers. So Scripted. Got to be some scripted stuff. Sports, as we know, are guided and fixed and rigged. So <laughs> I think he does it then. Here's my quote. It comes from LeBron James. Success isn't owned. It's leased. And the rest and the rent is due every day. Every day? Oh, so wow. today's the first of the month. And rent is due today. So I was like, oh, there's a rent quote. Wait, your rent was due? Today? Yeah, yeah. Same. Let's well, go. Yeah, it's the first it's of the, the first month. It's the first of the month. Okay. Yeah. At least my place, they give you the option to do it whenever. Oh, according to LeBron, the point. his rent is due every single day. All right. Well, thank thank you, Colt. It's an expensive All house, right. though. So uh, we've kind of got like a choose your own adventure at the end here because we've got about you know ten minutes left in the show, but we've got more than ten minutes of content here. So we've got the the Pac-12 Group of Five Independent Challenge, or we could talk about the Pac-12 schedule with the time we've got. How about we Factor fiction. we rapid fire? <laughs> how about we rapid fire the group of five and then just a couple comments on the schedules? All right, Let's do it. so the Big Twelve SEC challenge happens. The Big Ten ACC challenge happens in college basketball. Who does the Pac-12 play? Nobody. Who does that leave us with? Well, the group of five and the independents. So Yay. I assembled an all-star cast. Let's go through game by game. Who's gonna win? Rapid fire. Colorado versus Toledo. Toledo. Sorry, is this this upcoming This season? is last year. Last oh, year? Toledo. Oh, uh, I'm going to go Toledo as Toledo. well. Toledo. All right. Toledo sweeps. Stanford versus North Texas. North Texas. I'm going to go North Texas. Nope. I'm going to go Stanford. You know why? Because Stanford beat Notre Dame, and that wasn't supposed to happen. I, you know what? I'd give it to Stanford. I think they've got that goon mentality. Arizona State versus Ohio. Ohio. I'm going to go ASU. PTSD from that last Mac game. I've got to go Ohio. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, California versus James Madison. <laughs> James Madison. I'm hammering James Madison. I hate Cal. 49 nothing. James Madison. Colt's got some some deep-seated <laughs> Cal yeah. hatred there. I don't know why. I just don't like them. They A- suck. <laughs> Arizona versus Boise State. I'm actually going to go Arizona. Boise State was mid last year. I mean... Relatively speaking. Yes, relatively. I have to go with Boise State. Wow. I'm going to wow. go against Delora. Whoa, that's actually crazy. That's weird. I, I picked U of A. <laughs> I, I think I initially leaned Boise State. I flipped to U of A, and now I, I think I'm going to ride it out with U of A. I think that they have enough offensive firepower to get the job done. Colt going against the grain against Delora. What's happening over there? Washington State versus BYU. This one's a toss-up. I'm going to go BYU. Give me BYU. 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 Washington BYU. State has not proven they can win games versus group of five. Satakis. Whatever teams. UCLA versus Central Florida. Give me the Knights. I got UCF, man. Gus Malzahn. Gus Bus. Write it. Oregon State versus Fresno State. We saw this in real life. Saw it. I Thieves got Fresno, Fresno State. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I got Oregon State. All right. Oregon versus UTSA. Ducks. Got to be the Ducks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Quack. Yeah. Quack attack. Washington versus Troy. Huskies all day. You know what? No. <laughs> the men of Troy, they're going to come to play. This is going to be a tight game. It's going to be 67 to 70 Troy. 70. Troy has an elite defense. I don't know. Okay, I'm picking Washington, though. <laughs> USC versus Notre Dame. SC. They, we already saw this one, too. SC. I'm going Notre Dame. Okay. <laughs> and Utah versus Tulane. Tulane. Utah, Utah can't win the, the non-conference game. You're right. Games. Utah cannot win the non-conference. I, I'll go with Tulane as well. I'm going to go with Utah. All right, so we've, we've done that. Colt playing his contrarian card as much as possible. It's February. Um, true. Pac-12 schedule has dropped. 
And mm -hmm. uh, what are you guys' thoughts looking at the schedule initially? Well, I was kind of going team by team. I'll just start with ASU, you know, the hometown hometown team. Uh, four home games to start the season. That's pretty good. Eight home games overall. That's 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 really nice. Uh, the first three games, really the second two, the, the games two and three in September are going to shape the season. Oklahoma State and Fresno State. I think they could really go either way. I think if you're ASU, you'll probably take a split there. If ASU goes 3-0, they're ranked going into the USC game. If they go 1-2, it's going to be a long season. But after that, got a nice middle of the schedule, a lot of winnable games, and then just a brutal November yeah. at Utah, at UCLA, then Oregon before the Territorial Cup. So uh, I think definitely a path to six wins on there, but really got to take care of business early on because if you're struggling in that last stretch, it's going to be a lot of trouble. Yeah, let's. We talked about ASU. Let's talk about the Beavs. I think what I saw with the Beavs, they have a schedule spaced out enough for a run at the Pac-12 title, and I think I can confidently say that, especially when looking at these other teams. The one I would say sketchy stretch I look at, and not sketchy because of trap games, but sketchy because of ooh, is the road trip at Pullman early in the year, and then the Friday game against Utah. They do get a host Utah. Other than that, they get a host. Washington, they get a host Utah and UCLA. Um, they've got that little road stretch, Arizona, Colorado, but that's after a bye, so I feel pretty good about that. Um, but yeah, Arizona State, that I look at that three game, four game stretch at at the uh, end of the season, and that's it's tough. That is just that is some tough stuff. Yeah, the Pac-12, like the ACC, they don't mess around with their non-conference. I mean, they're like, let's play some tough teams now, on the look road at in Utah. sketchy environments. My God, yeah. yeah, ASU. Oh yeah, let's play Oklahoma State. You got Oregon State uh, at San Jose State. Why? Don't do that to yourself. What yeah. I will say serves to Utah's benefit is they are going to play Florida on a Thursday or Friday. And that's significant because it's the first game of the year. So all that means is an extra day of prep time for the road game in Waco. True. So that's pretty good. C Cal at North Texas, Colorado at TCU, Oregon State at San Jose State, Stanford at in the Hawaii. most grueling environment in Hawaii yeah. on a Friday. Well, Hawaii's going to win this. All 1,200 fans are going to be rocking that stadium. Hawaii's going to be in the Fiesta Bowl at the end of the year. Book it. <laughs> Done. Put that on the Do you board. want me to? Yes. Dude, Cal Bowl has just board? a weird... Yep. I'm just going to say it. Cal has a weird non-con. At North Texas <laughs> and then Auburn and then Idaho. They get a host Auburn. That's so good. That's like year 35 of your NCAA dynasty. Wisconsin's, yeah. That's just a weird mix. Wisconsin's about to blow out Wazoo. Oh, yeah, I agree. My One of my biggest ones, USC. Look at USC's schedule. They go San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford, bye, and then they have nine straight games. Yeah. What are you All doing? in conference. The one that's not conference. Oh yeah, it's at Notre Dame. Yeah. No rest. No rest. That's brutal. And they have a Friday night game against Arizona later in that. Like that Ugh, is ugh, tough. Terrifying. That is a terrifying schedule. Very tough. Oh. Anything else sticking out to you guys? Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> we got Washington State. Washington State is a tough schedule too. But, Colorado. Uh, Colorado's got a fun one. That's my favorite. At TCU, Nebraska, and then the rivalry game against Colorado State. That's that's an electric true. start to the Dion era right there. Agreed. Um, well, if that is all the observations we have there. I'm Tyler Budge. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's jump to Factor <laughs> Fiction. Assignment. Bit of an abbreviated Factor Fiction today. Uh, I didn't come with a, a ton, but I did come with some. Um, here we go. Factor Fiction. The Pac-12 will cannibalize itself again in 2023. 
Fact. Yep. Fact. Okay. Fact or fiction? Conference challenges like the Big Twelve ACC challenge, the you know Pac twelve Group Five challenge should be implemented into college football. It should. It should be part of the non-conference cycle, if you will. They should rotate every year. So fact. I agree, but I do love this Hawaii getting involved in this Pac-12 mix. Ah, I see. Uh, we can still play Hawaii on top of that. The, the Pac-12 Hawaii challenge. Then I'm in. We'll, we can go over that in another episode. Uh, fact or fiction, Heisman should consider more than just quarterbacks. Absolutely. They but should. It, they should, but like, who's not to say that your left tackle is just so dominant that he's technically the best player in college football? You know what I mean? There's not really can't really measure that so they should just say skill players really skill players and it's a lot of the storyline award too like you gotta have a cool story you gotta like shock everyone like bryce young who was doubted his whole life you know despite being a five-star raised by two modern parrots in modern day uh fact or fiction burger king has the worst commercial of all time out right now it's polarizing what do you mean i I mean i i i don't like it it it's not worse than the than the biggie bat no it's not worse than the biggie bag from Wendy's. That was my least favorite. I don't know. What do you guys think about it? It's like it's I, terrible. I, I sing to it sometimes, and I'm like, why? You sing to it? Yeah, like I I'm just lost walking. a little bit of respect. It's oh annoying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying it's catchy. You That's know, all we'll, I'm saying. We'll talk about this more. We'll break it down more. Uh, fact or fiction? Hawaii <laughs> will finish above UNLV in conference. Yes. I totally was thinking of the Whoppers. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hawaii will finish above UNLV in conference. Fact. Yeah. Okay. They have three incoming recruits. UNLV does. All right. Well, yeah. and they fired their coach. Let's yeah. let Michael Scott take us to our outro. Whopper. <laughs> All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. All right. Each person will have 10 seconds to give some parting thoughts. We'll start with Hayden. Whopper, 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 whopper. Yeah, your your ten seconds are cut off. <laughs> um, Hawaii, back in the New Year's Six for the first time in what is this, fourteen years? I'm so excited for this upcoming season. We'll put it on the bulletin board. I've got nothing much to say. If that's all we got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Aiden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And with that, we wave goodbye. Hill gonna come back to the near side. Pick six. Good see that coming.